it's time for us to dive into God's Word. And again, I'm so glad that you're here. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of Philippians. I know this is the Christmas Advent season, but I believe one of the most important things for us to do is to be in line with what the Holy Spirit is doing. And so the Holy Spirit, from the month of December, put in my heart to communicate to his people and to those who are listening that we need peace more than ever. I'll let that sink in for a minute. So it just so happens that we are celebrating the Advent season, but we need peace in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Have I hit your birthday yet? Come on. November, October, November, December. We need peace all the time. And so in Philippians chapter number four, if we can get that on the screen for the behalf of those perhaps who want to read along with us in the English Standard Version. We have arrived at this message entitled The Gift of Peace. The Gift of Peace. So Philippians chapter four, it begins in verse number four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So let's not just be readers of the word. Let's be doers of the word. Let's rejoice right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Yes. We rejoice. If you understand the context of this, Paul is in prison. And Paul finds it within himself to still say rejoice. In the Lord always, again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And then he goes into, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpass all understanding. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to speak your word, to share your word. I pray this morning that all ears will be open, all eyes will be open, all hearts will be receptive to your word, not to what I speak, but to what the Holy Spirit will have for us. Lord, we've done the hard thing in getting ready in the elements that we're facing in this weather, and we're here. But most importantly, we know that you've always been here waiting for us. And so I pray today will be a day that will shift history in my life and that I will make room and receive the gift of peace. We honor you and we praise you for that's the only way to experience peace is to receive the gift of peace. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down, that the only way, I'll take a minute, the only way, To experience peace, the only way to experience peace, the only way to experience peace is to receive the gift of peace. It's the only way is to receive the gift of peace. I also want you to know that there's a difference between believing in the gift of peace and receiving the gift of peace. For the enemy who is a liar, 
a thief and a robber. Doesn't mind you believing the gift of peace. He just doesn't want you to receive the gift of peace. And so the Apostle Paul is right in telling us in this Advent season, yes, to pull Christmas theme from this particular text is biblical because all of the scriptures are about Jesus. There is not one text that you can't preach that doesn't go back to Jesus or that's not the Bible you're reading. Everything, someone say everything, must point back to Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul wants us to know that no matter what season you are facing, no matter what season you are in, no matter what season is on the calendar, no matter what season you are celebrating, yes, even Christmas, he wants us to know that there's a difference between believing the gift of peace compared to receiving the gift of peace. It'll make a difference in your life. I promise you it really will. You see, this time of the year, most people are busy, we're stressed, we're tired, we're burning, not just because it's this season, but this is life. I read a scripture where it says that God sends his rain on the just and the unjust. (laughs) Figure that one out. Amen, somebody. Life is tough. Life is hard. When it was announced that the savior of the world would be born. It wasn't this peaceful thing. There was conflict. There was war. There was what we're facing today. Most people were busy. They were all getting back to their hometown because the, the leader at that time says that you must get back to your place of birth. And so everybody was busy. Everybody was stressed. Everybody was tired. By the time Mary and Joseph got there, there was no room in the inn. That's just life. They were living life, and all of a sudden, the angel shows up and just interrupts Mary's life. Have you ever experienced that, where God just shows up and just interrupts your life? Allows you to make decisions for just a little bit, and then all of a sudden says, now it's my turn. That's what Christmas is really about. It's about God who had been silent for 400 years from Malachi to Matthew finally says, it's time to speak now. Because the rain of conflict and of life has fallen on the just and the unjust. But there's a difference between those who believe the gift of peace and those who receive the gift of peace. And so the Apostle Paul wants us to understand. He's speaking to this church that he loves dearly. And he wants them to know that in this particular season, he wants you not just to believe. The gift of peace. He wants you to receive it. This time of the year can also be summarized like the opening line of the Charles Dickens. A tale of two cities. It is the best of times. It is the worst of times. This phrase suggests that an age of radical opposite taking place at the same time. And that's what many holidays do. But especially Christmas. See, Christmas, it's the best of times, especially for my wife. Amen. And I uh, was the husband of the year this year. I went and got the Christmas stuff early. Amen. And um, come on, clap your hands for, for getting stuff early. Late, according to Megan, early, according to my schedule. And I went and I put the Christmas wreath on the front door and the snowman. It's got to be there. And 
put the arms together of the snowman. And she walked out and she says, oh, babe, you're the best. Christmas is the best of times. Amen. Music playing at the hall, excuse me, at the mall and on the radio. I, I went, I think it was maybe a week and a half ago, I went to the mall. I had some alone time and I like to shop or at least just window shop when I'm by myself. It gives me creative ideas. That's another word of saying I like to shop. It's creative ideas. And there's a, a Jamaican restaurant at the mall. Someone say amen to that and got me some some Irie Jamaican food. And um, I sat down to eat my delicacy. And all of a sudden, to my right was this group congregating. And all of a sudden, I heard what started as a sound that became now uh, noise, that became uh, singing, that became a, a worship experience at the mall of just, just spontaneous worship of people just singing to the glory of God of the mall while I'm eating my Jamaican food. It was a great day. And I was going to go over there and be like everybody else and take a video, but I'm like, I'm not into that. I didn't do that. Other people were doing it. But what I did do was God, I said, God, thank you for the atmosphere change in the mall. Thank you that they can't silence us. Come on, that, that we can still in spontaneous worship and just, they were singing and it was, it was beautiful. And as I did my part, after every bite, thanking God that, that we're able to, to hear music being sung at the, at the mall. Christmas is the best of times. Uh, shopping for your family and friends and your pastor to find the perfect gift. It, it's, it's a wonderful time. You still have seven days. And so the holiday parties at your place of employment that you dread to go, but there may be a gift there for you, so you put on the smile and and you go, especially if they're paying you for a time off. Amen. So holiday parties are just great. Spreading holiday cheers to everyone you meet. Come on. You can't be grumpy at Christmas. It's a wonderful time. Even if you're miserable, just be nice for a few days until the 26th of December. Then go back and be mean again. But, but for now, you like to spread the holiday cheers to everyone you meet. It's a wonderful time. Childhood memories of the, of the thrill of the abundance of presents and the attention to material details. Yes, Christmas has become commercialized. But for some, it is just memories of, of gift giving. Decorating the Christmas tree. Celebrating a family traditions. And let's not forget, we need St. Nick and Santa Claus and the Grinch and oh yes let's not forget to sprinkle Jesus in the mix of all these traditions because he's actually the reason for the season I think I touched everybody's tradition and belief we're good right it's everyone's happy because I mentioned I put Claus in there everybody everybody good you know what I mean so so it's a wonderful time it's not a time to just get so so miserable and saying well we don't really know when he was born I know but let's just celebrate his arrival amen it's don't get so caught up on that, and let's not get so, so religious, right? But let's not get so loose. It's still about Jesus. It is. You, you can bring your traditions, but don't sprinkle Jesus. Share Jesus, uh, for it's a wonderful time. And you'll see why we must not sprinkle Jesus in the midst of all our holiday things, but we must actually spread Jesus. Because sprinkling Jesus will just simply reinforce the reality that he was born. And so you believe he was born, but it doesn't really help you receive the gift of peace that people really need when Christmas is the best 
of times because it can quickly shift. It can quickly change because, as I mentioned, Christmas is the best of times. For some of us, Christmas is actually the worst of times for people facing the seasonal blues or what they label as sad. This depression that comes on because the weather has changed. It's, it's, it brings on this feeling of, of it's, it's, it's cold and, and the sun's not out. And so, therefore, it, it, it breeds isolation. It, it creates people having to bring back memories of, 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 that, of that father who separated from the loved ones or that, that mother who separated from that loved ones or, or just the sickness of the flu season or all that's going on. Christmas is the worst of times for, for people, if they'll be honest. It's the struggle with facing the empty seat one more time on this major holiday. So while you are sprinkling Jesus, my heart is breaking for Jesus. Because I got questions to ask him about this piece when I look at this empty chair. It is so recent that even in the celebrity of Twitch and trying to make sense of all that for those who follow those things and, and, and wondering, everything looked great, everything looked wonderful, uh, and all of a sudden, something got a hold and caused him to end his life or as they continue to navigate through this. Just so recent, someone's table is going to be empty, so for what we're celebrating, Jesus, there are people who are saying, it's the worst of time, the timing couldn't be worse. And in the midst of all that, Jesus must not be sprinkled, church. Jesus must be spread. Because believing doesn't do it. Receiving is what mends the broken heart. And Paul says, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding, surpasses the timing, surpasses the tradition, surpasses the trials. There's a peace that's available to every single one of us. And so I said earlier in my introduction, you cannot experience the peace of God without receiving the gift of peace. For those of you right now that are facing a challenge, or for those of you whose loved ones are facing a challenge, I want to let you know that biblical peace is available. Though it's rare that you will find someone walking in it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The reason why it's so rare is not because it's not in abundance. I want to say amen to that. The devil wants you to think that peace is rare. He likes to make you believe that God is not all sufficient. But I'm going to tell you that every time you celebrate Christmas without sprinkling Jesus, but spreading Jesus, you remind individuals who are both the best of times and those in the worst of times. You let them know, let's not sprinkle Jesus. Let's spread Jesus. For I am undone if I don't have the peace of God in my life. You see, Christmas And peace is more than just an expression of world peace. For in the time when Jesus came, there was still conflict. And I'm going to tell you next Sunday as well, for those who's able to to be here, um, that if you really know the reason for his coming, we wouldn't see it as this joyous thing that we have made it. 
The only reason why we can celebrate and make it joyful is because of the cross. Not because of the cradle. Come on. Let that sink in. And I'm not trying to, to, to steal or to rob you of the joy. Be joyful. But if you really read the scriptures, his coming wasn't really to bring peace to this world. It was a greater peace that God, know, God knew that we needed. And so in the midst of all this, we must understand that is not just this general desire for world peace. No. What we must understand is this, is that Jesus must be spread and not just sprinkled. That's a good word, isn't it? So my first point that the Apostle Paul wants us to look at as he builds the argument for this And with the help of the Holy Spirit, the first point that we want to know and we want to let you receive is this. God's gift of peace to the world. John 3, 16 to 18. Let me invite you, please, to turn with me to that portion of Scripture. God's gift of peace first starts to the world. Seven plus billion people on this planet. And God's gift of peace to the world. And so when he says God's peace, this gift to the world, he's not necessarily talking about the world. He's talking about the people on the world or in the world. He's talking about you and I. And so where are you on this planet called earth you are somewhere i'll leave it up to you people to figure out where you are on this world but guess what he loves you of the seven billion people he says for god so loved you that he gave his only begotten son and it's one thing to believe that god loves the person beside you But does God love me? See, we got to first deal with that piece. Because you can see the cheers on someone else's face who is is sprinkling and spreading Jesus. But in your heart, there is no peace. So the first thing we have to do on this Christmas season to receive the gift of peace, we have to deal with having peace that God loves me. We can't go any further. We really can't. It's God loves me. And for you and I to actually have the thought that God who created the world doesn't love me. It's a lie from the pit of hell that we have believed. And so therefore we live in bondage. And so we're outwardly saying Merry Christmas. But inside we have conflict and chaos. And God's like, that's not my design for you. The real meaning of Christmas was not to bring world peace. was to bring personal peace to you and I. So therefore, John 3.16 is painted, quoted, sprinkled all over, but never believed because we don't act as if we received it. Picture with me for just a minute what your life would be like if you received peace. 
What would your life actually look like? Your relationships. What would they actually look like if you really believed and received that God loved me? He says it clearly. He gave his only son, whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. When does that begin? The moment you receive. Not when you die and go to heaven. But the moment you find yourself on this marble called earth, and you realize that God loves you, and you receive that, you have eternal life. I got to take a pause break there because you're still fighting God, you're still having conflict with just believing that, that he loves you. Not some cheesy, greasy love. Not some world love that politicians try to write into a lot. Not that kind of love. We're talking about a love that comes from God, that is the agape, that is God himself that brings you peace. Because you can search for love in all the wrong places. And never be at peace with God. Where are you on this big blue marble that God said, let us create the heavens and the earth? The second point is this. Is the gift of peace was promised. The gift of peace was promised. And, and the reason why this is important as you turn to Isaiah chapter number nine is this. The gift of peace was promised. So it's not only is God saying to you that I love you. He's saying I'm keeping a promise made before you were even born. Oh my goodness. Come on. The God who formed you in the, your mother's womb. Loved you before you uttered one breath because he gave you breath. And so Christmas is a time for us to look and to realize, oh my goodness, why should I receive the gift of God and his peace is because God loves me. And number two, God is keeping his promise, the entrance of Jesus, the word becoming flesh according to John chapter 1. The word becoming flesh and dwelt among us is because God is keeping his promise. Deal with that piece right there. Come on. Never forget the story I was, I was told about a young man who, whose father told him, we are going to go fishing in the morning. And so the young lad got everything together, got the tackle box and, and got the fishing pole. And, and, and I got one for my birthday. Thank you, Rich. And it was a nice fishing pole. And we went, it was a bass fishing we were doing, Rich. I think we were catching bass or something like that. So, some, some fish we were catching. And, and Kanan got the bigger one. I'm like, you fish robber. You know what I mean? He got the biggest one there. And, um, and so I'm at Kabbalah's, right? I'm sitting there like I know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And calling Calling Rich, hey man, what's this? <laughs> Do I need it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm walking out there like I'm a fisherman. Right? And so this young boy who knew what he was talking about got all ready, put his things away. And I remember when I was a kid and I was super excited about the next day, I would get dressed and sleep in my clothes because I couldn't wait to wake up because getting dressed was robbing me of the excitement. I would, I would go to bed with my clothes on. 
pow, wake up. So perhaps this young boy did that, and he's all, he's all excited because daddy promised. Regardless of the weather, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, you promised. Your word caused me to receive, come on, something that altered and created an excitement in me. And so the um, child goes to sleep, wakes up, and all of a sudden he hears daddy on the phone, work calls, and Work is saying, uh, hey, we need you in. And um, breaks his promise. Breaks his promise because there were circumstances outside of his control. If you want a meal on the table, I got to work. If you want to enjoy the things, I have to work. But that didn't bring peace to the boy whose heart was broken. Because a promise was mentioned. And let's not minimize a promise. And so here's God that says that the gift of peace was promised. That God says, I speak this word and you can take it to the bank. You can put it in your heart. You can put it in your mind. Why? Because I am sovereign. I have power for those who struggle with God's sovereignty. I don't know how you know you're saved. Because if God is not sovereign, how did God redeem you? If he's not sovereign to break through the lies of the enemy. Come on, somebody. You really believe God is sovereign. You just don't like the way he acts. <laughs> we really believe he's sovereign, but we don't like the way God acts. But I love what he said to Moses, that to the children of Israel, they know his acts, but to Moses, he knows his ways. Come on. And Christmas is not about the act of God. It's about the way of God. And God promised from all eternity, I'll keep my promise. I'll redeem you. I'll send my son who I love, but I love you as much. And he will be the one that I can love you through. Come on. He kept his promise. Bible tells us that God was fed up with the children of Israel. I'm tired of feeding you guys. And Moses was extremely tired as well. He says, God, these are your people. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? When they're doing well, they're his people. When they're doing bad, God's like, these are your people, Moses. (laughs) I don't know who they are, but they're your people, Moses. And God's like, I'm about to wipe them off the face of the earth. And because I'm sovereign, I'll raise up another generation who will love me. That's what God said. And Moses, oh, come on, says, God, what about your character? What about your word? You promised to bring them into the promised land. And if you don't fulfill your promise, other nations will say, you are not God. And so when God made a commitment to you and I, he sealed it with a promise. And he says that I'm going to give you the gift of peace so you can deal with the issue of are you loved or not. The second thing to receive the gift of peace is God promised. Write the promise that God gave you. Bring it to an altar. Come on. And experience the peace of God. Write that promise down and bring it to the altar. Young people, write the promise down. Parents, sit down with your siblings. Excuse me. Sit down with your child and tell them, write the promise that you believe from God. And I promise you, they'll be truthful and tell you. I don't know if I really believe God. Because if God was for me, Why is all this against me? And you can walk him through and say, son, daughter, 
somewhere on this massive globe. You're there. And God sees exactly where you are. So while you're shopping for that great gift that they put on their list for Christmas, peace should be at the top of it. Because while you can buy the perfect presents, come on. It is the peace that was purchased by Christ that they need to know God kept his promise. That's such a good word. I know how. I was telling somebody, how do you function without Jesus? I don't know how they do it. So Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says this, for unto us a child is born. Watch that. For unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is what? Given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Come on. Mm. Every empire, every king, everything is on his shoulder. Everything, every authority. Oh, my God. Mm. It's on his shoulder. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Every trial. Come on. Therefore, there's no problem that you will face that's above Jesus. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wild world in his hands. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful. I, I, I believe that some people say it was Wonderful Counselor. No, no, no. Let's split them up. It's Wonderful and counselor for the stress and the situations we're facing. We need counsel and we need it tremendously. He's the mighty God. He's the ever, that one speaks to me. He's the everlasting father. That's the one that really speaks to me. But he's also the prince of peace. I heard one person say this and I had to, I had to, I had to take it. Amen. It's the word of God. I can take it anyways. Amen, somebody. And he says this. His royal reign is defined by peace. Watch this now. He is peace. He doesn't just give peace because if he gives it, you think he doesn't have it anymore. He is peace. So when I give my peace over here, when God gives it, he still has more to give to you. And he still has more to give to you. And he still has more to give to you. And so when we come together, we all have what? Merry Christmas. <laughs> so what the enemy does, he robs you of peace so you can't be at peace with others. And what robs you of the peace with others is you don't know you're loved. So you need people to affirm you. <laughs> It would be nice if people affirmed you. It's thoughtful for people to affirm you. But your security is on what God already done in your life. That's so good. That's so good. And so, therefore, when you connect with people, you want to let them know, are you in peace? No, nah, man. No, a promise was broken, and I'm not in peace. And so he wants us to understand he is the Prince of Peace. He is peace. He brings peace. He loves peace. Peace is central to his being. The next point is this. The gift of peace keeps on giving. I love that. The, the, the gift of peace keeps on, on giving. 
And when we look at this, this is Isaiah 9, verse 7. And so it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Let me read that again. And of what? Peace. Shalom. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Nothing lost. I got to take you into Genesis. You know, you know I got to bring you into Genesis. You know I got to do that. It is where the enemy started by saying that God has lacked or he has not given you something and you have no peace with God. And that's what got them. And he's saying here that his peace, there will be no end. Oh, yes. Zeta agrees. Amen. On the throne of David and over his kingdom. Now he brings it back to a nation. On the throne of David and over his kingdom. And so Americans, listen. He's saying here that the kingdoms of this world cannot, will not stop the peace of God from moving throughout the land. It will not. Because it's on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it. And so the gift of peace that keeps on giving is truly the basis of how we do justice, biblical justice, how we administer justice with righteousness. I got to add that part because the gift of peace that keeps on giving wants us to administer justice with righteousness because that is what establishes the peace that's not from this world. You can't just go and try to bring peace of this world. You will add to the chaos. You will add to the noise and you will be, listen to me, exploited. You will be. They will take advantage of you. The demonic spirits that are being used by people will take advantage of you if you don't understand the righteousness of God because God declared And Jesus said that we must seek he first, what? His kingdom and his, what? Righteousness. So church, we are to be the voice and the authority that establishes justice in the earth. But we have defaulted or we have delegated that to the world system. No wonder we're messed up. Let me move off of that. But the gift of peace this Christmas is you administering that the gift of peace keeps on giving. And so, therefore, this affects our generosity, doesn't it? It affects how we handle not just our worship. It handles how we affect our wallet. And so what a great time. People are buying gifts, and, and the, 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 the economy loves when we see people are hustling and bustling. They love it because they recognize now they're in a good mood. They're going to spend their money. And so what they're actually doing is this concept of gift giving, of where we exchange gifts. It's his birthday, but we get to get gifts. Check that out. I think that's awesome, right? And so, therefore, we get this notion of giving gifts, which is great. But the reason why gift giving exists is to administer justice with righteousness. That's why it exists. So when you give gifts to your children, don't allow them not to understand the significance of the gift, come on, that keeps on giving. So therefore, maybe, perhaps, a possibility that one Christmas you tell them to pick a gift and you're going to give it to somebody else. Then you're going to pick your favorite gift and you're going to give it to somebody else. Because what we have to do is you have to administer justice with righteousness. You got to teach them now how to establish that I have peace with giving because God had peace with giving. And if God can do it, come on, how much more should you and I do it? 
It'll raise great kids because they'll be grateful. Amen, somebody. Maybe you want to try that as well. It's something that you really enjoy where you want to give it. Because, see, see, Christmas is about worship, but it's also about the wallet. It's about worshiping the wallet. My last point, um, and I'll be done, is this. Um, What will you do with this gift of peace? What will you do with this gift of peace in my, in my closing? And before we, before we invite you to, to answer this question and to consider this question as, is what will you do with this gift of peace? Will it just be another Advent season? Of believe and not receive? What will you do with this gift of peace? What the Apostle Paul did was, was he took this gift of peace and he said, this peace surpasses why I'm in prison. The, the Apostle Paul received the gift and it said, that I will go see Caesar. I will go all the way. I, I will go all the way. What will you do with this gift of peace? Will you, will you reject the gift of peace? Or will you receive the gift of peace? See, to reject the gift of peace looks like this. How many unsafe people there are today who are in misery because they will not accept the peace with God that God offers through his son, Jesus Christ. If we sprinkle Jesus, people, unsafe loved ones, seekers, will live a life of misery Because they will not know that they can actually have peace with God that is offered through their son, Jesus Christ. You see, because Jesus, he declared that the war was over and that sin was dealt with. Can we just take a praise break right there? The war is over with you and God. The war is over. My goodness. The battle in my mind to know whether I'm loved or not, it's over. Have peace with God. It's over. God is saying, stop fighting against me because I'm not against you. I'm for you. The battle that is being raged, and we're hearing it more and more since the pandemic. But but even before then, they said, check up on your neighbor. Ask them questions. Church, we must be the ones to do this. The first time ever even contemplating thinking about believers and, and, and mental health and, and, and suicide and all those things was from Rick Warren and, and, and his son. And so all of a sudden now we realize that there might have been people that are struggling. And so therefore we have to let them know, listen, not only can you talk to me, but I want you to know the war is over in your mind. That that isolation that depression, that struggle. God sent his son into this world. And I, and I love you too much to sprinkle Jesus on you. I got to spread Jesus to cover you. Oh, my God. I'm, I, I, I got to spread Jesus to cover your heart and your mind. That's where the war is taking place. Not in your emotions. Your emotions are responding to the thoughts and the way your heart is operating. That's why Paul was saying, don't lose your mind and your heart in the tough times. 
that they will come. If the enemy has never talked to you, you're not living. (laughs) He talks to you all the time, even now. Some are battling with the war in your head. And he wants you to know on this Christmas season, don't sprinkle Jesus. My God, that's such a word. Stop adding me to your traditions. I am truth. So check up on your loved ones this year. Not because the world has said it, but because we are the body of Christ. And we need to administer justice and tell that devil, no, you are a liar. And that life is worth living. Come on. And God promised to walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say you won't have to walk, but you will walk through it. Come on. Yay, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because the peace of God is with me. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. I, I didn't know this, but but I know in the hotel what called you was a, it was a welfare, it was a it was a checkup on you. I thought this one to make sure they got their money. I didn't realize because they, re- they, they understand that's a great place for people to go and to just battle with their thoughts and in isolation and with nobody around. But I'm here to tell you this Christmas season and why God wants me to talk about peace. Even before that happened, I'm here to tell you this is a prophetic word. There are people right beside you who are battling the war in their head. And God is saying, I sent my son into this world, not to create peace of this world, but to create peace in your heart and in your mind why young people don't want to participate it's because there's a war going on inside of their heads that's what's happening he's saying i got the whole world in my hands i gotta hurry up and go so don't sprinkle jesus spread jesus and to the saved here's what he's saying don't reject the gift of peace saved people how is that possible yes Safe folks can reject the peace of God as well. I didn't say the peace from God. I said the peace of God. The peace from God, he does that because he knows you can't save yourself. But he's talking about the peace of God. That there are saved people who are going to heaven, but you're miserable. Because you will not accept the riches of his grace, not just the saving grace, but the riches of his grace and the wonders of the gift of peace that he's willing to give if we only acknowledge him, not only as Savior, but as Lord. Oh, that's a good message right there. Come on, do your 70 to stretch if you have to. I'm coming, I'm coming. But I'm battling, guys. I'm battling. God wants you to know that the souls of men are in the balance. And the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy is raging war on your hearts and your minds. And it would, be, it, would be, it would be dangerous and it would be against my responsibility as a shepherd of this house not to teach you how to rage war against the enemy. And the weapon is peace. So to the unsaved, receive the peace with God. And to the saved, receive the peace of God. So if you are here this morning, say, Pastor, how do I do this after you spent this time? Here it is. Trust God's gift of peace, the Prince of Peace, the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't just believe intellectually, but entrust your very life to him.
and receive his peace. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Your marching orders are these, if you would so inclined to enlist. Your instructions this morning, if you're so inclined to allow me another minute. The movement that you are being asked of right now, if you allow God to speak, is simply this. When you have answered the question, what will you do with this gift of peace? Ask your neighbor and your friends. What will you do with this gift of peace? If you ask this question, you have moved from simply sprinkling Jesus to now where you truly know the reason for the season and you are spreading Jesus. So hearts and minds can finally be in harmony because the gift from heaven, the peace, the Prince of Peace has come. I said he has come. I said he has come. I said he has come. Come on, trust him this morning. Receive the gift of peace in Jesus' name.